Garage with Nicola Beer, a show full of tips and practical strategies to repair, rebuild and strengthen your relationship. If you are currently stuck wondering if your marriage can be saved, or you know you want to save it but don't know how to go about changing it, this show is for you. And now here is your host, Nicola Beer, who specializes in a proven 10-step program to help couples increase their love, passion and happiness in their marriage in 30 days or less, guaranteed. Hi and welcome. This is a really special episode today, so I'm really pleased that you can join me because we have Dan LeFaith, who is a co-author of the award-winning Stepping Stones to Success and specializes in using the power of our minds to get the things we love and most want in life. He says that we are either using our minds in a way that prospers our lives or poisoning our minds and suffering in our lives. The solution to all of our problems is closer than we think. It's our minds. You can learn more about how you can use the power of your mind at Dan's website, which I'm going to be providing the link after this episode. But let's get straight to Dan himself. So welcome, Dan. Yes, good to be here. Thank you, Nicola. So one of the first questions that I'd really like to ask you, which I'm sure the listeners would be really interested in, is the subconscious mind. How, how does it work from your perspective? Because we hear so many different things. Well, it's, uh, it's very interesting. I mean, if you just think about a, a computer, I mean, our, our mind is similar to a computer. You know, what you put in is what you get out. So if you program it accordingly, then, of course, you're, it's going to work the way that you want it to. And, um, you know, our, our mind is, you know, a lot more complicated than what we're going to talk about today. But I only focus on conscious and subconscious because our conscious mind is what's hardwired to our senses. So we receive information coming through our senses all day long, what we see, hear, touch, taste, and smell. And we basically decide what we're going to do based on that information. And, you know, that's that's just one aspect. But the subconscious mind is like the hard drive of our computer. It's a hard drive of our mind. It stores our memories. It's all of our emotions. It's, uh, you know, it's it's basically accepting what we think about through our conscious mind as being true or real, which is kind of scary because if you think about that, you wouldn't want to think about anything that would do you any harm because your subconscious mind will store it in your memory and it will reproduce it. It responds and reciprocates um, based on that information. So our, our subconscious mind is very powerful and it, it actually is responsible for about 96 to 98% of our life, of our results and our behaviors and our actions. And, you know, so we really need to pay attention to what we're thinking because that's how it works. What we think gets embedded into the subconscious mind like a seed being planted, and then it responds and reciprocates. It just reproduces what we've been thinking. And, you know, we're a culmination of our thoughts. We're a culmination of our feelings. We're a culmination of our actions. We can't deny that. I mean, we just, you know where you are today or where everybody else is today is because they've thought themselves into those circumstances. And so we need to recognize that our subconscious mind is always there supporting us. And by the way, our subconscious mind does lots of things other than, you know, our memories and so on. It does actually support our life. It keeps our heart beating. It keeps our, our lungs expanding and contracting. We're not, you know, we're not like dolphins. Dolphins consciously breathe. We don't. If we did, we would be dead when we go to sleep. <laughs> you know, yeah. so you know, our, our subconscious mind keeps that all going, our organs and our blood flow and everything, and it keeps us alive. And you know, so it's always 
keeping things flowing so that we can we can uh, continue to survive. Otherwise, you know, we'd, we'd all be dead. That's why when somebody's brain dead, you know, if they unplug all the uh, electronics, all the s- systems in the hospital, they die because their subconscious mind needs to be alive and working in order to support them. So, uh, so, so those are the two components that we're really going to focus on: is consciousness and subconscious, and how you can use them effectively so that you can get what you want in life. Great. Well, considering it's so powerful, and I think sometimes we forget about that. How can we use this? What kind of practices lead to the most productivity? I know you're a productivity expert, and what things can we adopt to get the greatest success? Well. You know, in terms of uh, marriage and relationships, you know, th- these are the, the kinds of things that I practice all the time. So I do practice them in my relationships as well with my wife and with my children. And um, I think it's really important that we understand that if we use our subconscious mind effectively, like we think our way into things effectively, then we'll reproduce those results. And I've done some research, uh, actually quite a bit of research and study on this. And there's a great book called The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, where he talks about the subconscious mind. He says, you know, most marriages and and failures and, you know, failures in marriages and divorces and so on are as a result of the misuse of the subconscious mind. And I tend to agree because if you think about it, if I'm upset, let's say if I'm upset in my relationship and I go out and I start telling friends and family, you know, about how bad things are and I'm putting down my spouse and <laughs> all that, I'm really planting seeds in my mind and their mind and, you know, in the world that, you know, are going to reproduce, they're going to respond and reciprocate. And that's not a good thing. So if I really want to use my mind effectively, I will think about the things that I want and that I love and that, you know, really inspire me. And when it comes down to relationships, you know, if our relationship isn't going the way we want it to, you know, we don't just keep thinking about, oh, this is so bad or why are you doing this and, and just keep on thinking negatively about it because it's going to it's gonna come back to haunt us. But if we take a different approach and we start thinking about and thinking about maybe past experiences where things were great and where things were vibrant or, and worth you know, things were romantic and, and working in a way that we wanted to, we might recreate those circumstances, not only in our minds, but in the mind of our spouse, and then maybe we'll get those things back. But, I mean, it's just a, it's a train of thought. I mean, there's a choice here. You can either poison your mind with your thoughts, or you can be prosperous with them. And prosperous is, you know, having a relationship that you love and you like and, and being in, uh, in harmony. Wonderful. Some really great tips there. Like you say, it's, it's really important to, to be aware of what we're thinking as well, the, the awareness and switching it. So, so great. Thank, thank you for sharing that. I know that one of the things that you mention is that subconscious mind, using it, is much easier than hard work. And I know a lot of people, when they're struggling in something, they believe, well, I really need to work hard, I need to work longer, I need to work more. But what, from what you're saying, you're saying we, we can use the subconscious mind. Would you be able to explain a little bit about how we do that. Well, let, let's say, for example, um, there's um, you know a relationship that's not going so well, and then we start thinking about you know, okay, how can I get this back? What do I have to do? You know, and and, and we maybe contemplate all sorts of actions that we have to take, and or that we want to take, or maybe maybe not even want to take, but that we we're going to because we think that those are going to provide us with the solution to the the problem we're currently having. So. So let's say we think about it that way. Well, that might seem like a lot of struggle. And really, if hard work is struggle, then, you know, we're going to be reluctant. We're probably going to do it begrudgingly or maybe, you know, maybe a little reluctantly. Um, 
You know, so we need to realize that if if we have some challenges in our communications and our relationship and and how things are going, then we need to take a different approach, which or I at least think we need to take a different approach by using our mind more effectively. And the subconscious mind is a lot more friendlier and easier to use. I know it's intangible, but it's a lot easier to use than it is to be doing all sorts of hard work and, and just trying things kind of willy-nilly and whimsically. Uh, I think that it's worth using the aspect of our mind that is reproducing our lives. Yeah, uh, think about it. You know, your subconscious mind is reproducing and responding to our thought, your, your thoughts. So if you are thinking on a train of thought that is going against what you want, it's it can't reproduce what you want at all. It, it just, it's not logical. I mean, our subconscious mind is there supporting us. It's storing our memories, our experiences. And sometimes we don't recognize that when something happens in our relationship, in our life, and it triggers something in our mind, a memory and experience, what happens is our subconscious mind takes those memories and shoots them right into your conscious mind. So then now you're thinking about it, you're, you're aware of it. And before you know it, you are reacting without even thinking, and you're triggered. Um, I've seen this time and time again where people get triggered, and you know they're in a relationship, they're in a you know in a, in a fight or something like that. Something gets triggered, and one person will just shut right down. They'll just stop, and they won't be able to move. They won't say anything because they're triggered. You know, once they're triggered, forget it. They're they're in a you know a train of thought and it may be locked in paralyzed paralysis and then uh, you know nothing happens so so just coming back to the idea of hard work versus using the subconscious mind well this, and I'm going to share some ideas about how to use subconscious mind in a moment but you know the subconscious mind is there for us it's there to support us and it is invisible it's intangible but it's like a computer and if you just put the stuff in that you want out and become aware when you're not thinking like that then you can change the pattern and improve circumstances in your life in every in every aspect of your life but in your relationships predominantly as well Great, valuable stuff we're learning here. Thank you so much, Dan. One of the things that happens to me a lot is I do get triggered where I do think, right, that's it, I'm giving up, I want to run away, uh, or I just, like you say, completely shut down. And often we think that we don't have any control about it. And in arguments we might think or we might say, rather than looking at ourselves, we may say, this is just the way I am, accept me how I am. But really, that gives us no power. And from what you're saying is that we just need to be aware of these. And so one thing I'm really wondering is, what practices can we use, which practices are necessary to get the most effective use of our subconscious mind to achieve the greatest success in all areas? But obviously, we're here talking about relationships. Well, sure. I think there's there's really three practices that I think are are the best that you can do, and um, these are you know the, the number one I think is when you're when you're talking to yourself, you're conditioning yourself, you're programming your mind. That's self talk, and we often don't hear the self talk, but and if we did, we'd probably be shocked because we'd realize the way we're talking to ourselves is not so good. But you know, here's the thing: if you if we take time to talk to ourselves in a specific way, and I'm talking like planting seeds, you know, if you plant a seed, it's going to, you know, you plant a seed in the soil and there's enough water and there's enough nutrients and, you know, not sun necessarily, but 
initially, but if you plant it, that seed will grow. It doesn't care if the seed's upside down or not. It just, it'll grow. So we're talking about planting seeds in your mind that you want to grow. So if you think in a certain way, like you might just say to yourself, I'm in a loving relationship. I enjoy my my uh, spouse. I enjoy my relationship. It's a romantic relationship. It's fun. It's easy going. You know, whatever, whatever it is, find words that really matter to you and, and say those to yourself with intention. And the best times to do this, by the way, are right before you go to sleep and right when you wake up. And the reason being is this. Our subconscious mind takes over basically 100% when we go to sleep, right? Because we're unconscious. We're no, we're no longer clouding our, our, uh, our potential yeah. and clouding our ideas. <laughs> we're not clouding our thoughts with our conscious mind, right? There's no information coming in and we're not thinking things. We're, we're unconscious. So best times are when you're going off to sleep. You might just say something to yourself. You might even give your subconscious mind something to do. You might say, you know, I want to have a happier relationship. I want to have a happier marriage. I want to be able to communicate effectively. I want to be loved. I want to, you know, I want to be inspired. Whatever those words are, and and just give the subconscious mind a command. Just say, show me the way. Show me how. I'm ready. And drift off to sleep. Because the subconscious mind is, again, it's supporting our life. It's supporting all our of our biological systems, but it's also supporting our experiences in our world and in our relationships. So that's number one, is the conditioning and the programming of the mind. The other ones are guarding your mind and feeding your mind. And what I mean by this is you want to guard your mind from any thoughts and information that are not going to support what you want in your relationships, in your life. And I mean media, conversations, gossip, anything that doesn't support you. And you have to become acutely aware and have to have a strong willpower to say no, um, even if it's a friend. You know, if they're gossiping and so on and, and it's just going to plant a seed that you don't think is going to be valuable, you have to say no. So I say guard your mind, meaning guard it from any information that's coming in that isn't useful for you, but also guard it internally guard yourself your internal thoughts and this takes practice granted it does take practice but if you can become more aware and when you have a thought that isn't going to work for you or support you the best thing is to either stop it or if you've if you've gone through a process and you've already thought it through and you've been thinking about it sometimes it's good just to say you know that wasn't interesting you know that wasn't good that wasn't beneficial and that's another seed you're planting you're saying hey I didn't like that, and I'm not going to repeat it. And the other thing is the feeding of your mind. And I was suggesting it earlier that we talk to ourselves deliberately. And, you know, there's, there's so many great authors and teachers out there, like Louise Hay. She's, you know, she's, you know, running a Hay house, you know, and, and she recommends talk to yourself in the mirror. If you're not, if you're not comfortable talking to yourself in the mirror, fine. Just talk to yourself. But talk to yourself deliberately. And letting, instead of letting that self-talk just come up, and tell yourself the things you want and, and profess the things you want without any limitation at all. If you find that your belief systems are really strong and holding you back and that you can't overcome them with the self-talk, then try to find a different way around it because sometimes you have to be a little subtle. You know, Our subconscious mind, again, is supporting our life and it doesn't want to, um, it doesn't want to change things generally because 
you know, is trying to keep us the same. It thinks that everything is good the way it is. The last thing that I would recommend is using your imagination. Imagination is one of the faculties of the mind. We have six faculties. You know, the, the six faculties are perception, imagination, memory, intuition, reason, and willpower. And imagination is one of those faculties. And if we imagine things, our subconscious mind accepts it. You know, we do think in pictures and in images, and our subconscious mind receives them. You know, there's a great study out there, and you can find it online, where somebody's eating an apple and somebody's imagining it. And they're measuring the brain waves through the two people, or maybe it's the same person. But the same waves are going through both their minds. It doesn't matter whether you're imagining it or literally eating it. It's the same thing going on. So, you know, if you imagine it and, you know, say to yourself, imagine if or suppose if or what if, and just say those words and then fill in the blanks. That's the easiest way to turn on your imagination. So those are the three things that I highly recommend, the three best practices from what I've researched. Wow, they're amazing. Thank you so much. I'm definitely going to try that. What if and imagine if. Because sometimes I think it can be quite hard for some people to go straight to the the imagination and using those words is um, a really powerful way to do that. So thank you for all of those tools. Certainly. Um, are there any problems with respect to the subconscious mind and our beliefs that, that can come up? So you've told us what to do. Is there anything we need to look out for? Well, I think the primary problem is this, that we have belief systems that are not our own. So first of all, we need to recognize that everything that we are and everything that we become is because of seeds planted in our mind at an early age. And here's the thing, from birth until about six or seven years old, all of us had an open mind, open subconscious mind. And it was being it was being conditioned, it was being programmed by our parents, the people that loved us the most. And frankly, we looked up to them and we thought they knew everything. We thought that they, you know, um, that they were the most intelligent and that whatever they said was true. And, you know, even if they said something that wasn't true and we thought about it for a moment, thought, oh, that's not very good, um, we still probably didn't reject it because we just, you know, we think they're, they're all-knowing. So, so that's where our beliefs come from. And then we are basically repeating those beliefs and habits all of our lives, unless we become aware. And so for anybody who's listening to this, this is you know a little bit of an insight for you that you, if you become a little more aware and see what you're doing in your life and maybe journal things and think about things in a little bit different way, then it's going to start stimulating some things. And I think the threat here is that if we and, and we believe in things, you know, if we believe in something and we believe in it wholeheartedly, then we get hooked on it. And what I'm suggesting is we believe in something, but don't get hooked on it. Like, don't get so hooked on it that you can't possibly change, meaning you're not open minded about it. So, you know, because that's 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 a you know, that's. You know, I know it's a fail-safe system for us, but it's it's a bit of a, a threat in some sense because if you believe in something wholeheartedly and something new comes along, and even if it is better and there's better possibilities, you might just say no because you're just like, no way, I, I can't, and and that's a, that's a limitation. So I think we should believe in things. Yes, we have to believe in things. We're human. So we believe in things, but just don't be so hooked on them that we won't be open-minded enough to change. And I think that's, you know, change is constant and inevitable, you know, but our personal growth and our personal development and flowing with those changes is 
inevitable. We we need to do that. If we don't flow with them, usually we hit a roadblock or something something negative happens, and that's our awakening. Um, you know, I've had clients who get into car accidents, multiple car accidents, and I'm thinking, you know, that's not just happenstance. I mean, how many car accidents have you had in your life, <laughs> right? And then suddenly they're in a whole bunch of them, and it's like, well, you know, recognize what's going on here, or an illness, maybe something biological, because you know things don't happen in our body just by accident if we get sick it's because we've had something generally emotionally or mentally going wrong we've stirred something up and next thing you know it comes to the surface we get sick and we need to take some downtime in order to bounce back so my recommendation is believe in things but not so strongly that you can't break free from them you know because if you look at things a little bit differently like scientifically if you look at let's say um uh, you know, a red uh, a red shirt, you know. Let's say somebody's wearing a red shirt and we're looking at them and, and I say to you, is that shirt red? And you'll say, well, yeah, it's red. I can see that it's red. It's bright red. And, and I'll say, well, you know, scientifically it's not. And they'll be like, well, wait a moment. I can see it's red. And I'll say, no, it's not red because, you know, what's happening is light is reflecting off of it and the red is reflecting back. So it's actually every color but red. Wow. You know, but we don't. We don't go around our world thinking that way, right? Yeah. We just, we don't. So. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And, uh, you know, I hope that uh, some of these ideas are put into practice because, you know, our subconscious mind is there to support us. It's a really amazing tool. And, um, you know, we just we just need to put it into practice and, and use it a little more effectively. Not that the self-talk just happened, but actually make it happen. Mm. So deliberate action and deliberate self-talk to, to really implement the, the, the changes that we, we desire. Yeah, okay. imagine it, see it, feel it, you know, and, and guard your mind. Guard your mind from any information that's useless, especially media. There's a lot of media out there that just isn't supportive, uh, that won't help you. You know, it, it may be talking about all sorts of issues and challenges and divorces and all sorts of things like that i mean what's the advantage of taking that information in does it actually move you forward in your life does it make you feel better likely not yeah that's great advice thank you so much absolutely my pleasure thank you thank you for listening to how to save your marriage with nicola beer to book your free save my marriage consultation please visit www.savemymarriageprogram.com forward slash consult. And if you've enjoyed this episode, Nicola would really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review on whatever app you're listening through so the show stays visible, allowing more people to get the support they need to increase their love, passion, and happiness. 